you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Before we dive in, I really want to share a quick announcement that Visionary Social Media is almost here. So this is a course that is super comprehensive online self-study course so that you can learn how to create a profitable social media strategy without spending 24-7 online. And so let's get serious. Social media is a powerful tool. It's 2019. We're coming into a new year. And it's a tool that all businesses and brands should be leveraging immediately to reach more customers and to increase sales. And really, it's never been easier to get started and to scale up. Yet, I know that a sense of overwhelm and resistance often creeps in just as you're about to begin making a bigger impact on social media. You get these limiting beliefs like, where do I start? Or which platform should I focus on? Or what time should I post content on? And these are just the little nitty gritty things that I want to ensure that I teach you through visionary social media. So it is here to answer all of your questions and more. You're getting a 23-page workbook. You're getting a 30-minute call with me to strategize. And there is so much content in relation to planning and creating and writing amazing captions for your social media. So you can head to my website, just kelseyridle.com, or you can also just head over to the link in my Instagram bio, at Kelsey Riddle. This week on the podcast, I am sitting down with Natalie James, who is the founder and CEO of Vent Blow Dry Bar. Natalie is also a wife, a mom of three, and she's just got such a relatable story behind her recent leap into entrepreneurship. And for myself, as a business coach, I've got people reaching out to me all of the time saying, I really want to start a business, but I feel like I've kind of missed my time. Or I'm so busy juggling life as a parent, I have a full-time job, and I'll just never be able to make a change. But the thing is, you can. And as soon as you give yourself that permission, right, permission to explore your ideas, to tap into your creativity and to listen to that inner voice of what do I really want out of this lifetime, then a whole realm of possibility opens up. So for 20 years, Natalie gained valuable experience throughout her career in politics and not-for-profit. 
Throughout this time, she felt so inspired by the stories of female entrepreneurs for their sense of adventure and their willingness to take risks. Over time, Natalie realized she needed to make a change, and living on autopilot was no longer an option. And she really had that inner fire to build something from nothing. So, feeling that strong desire to make a change, Natalie set out to take a detour and to leave her career and carve her own path. But this change definitely did not happen overnight for Natalie. She wrote a detailed business plan, did her market research, and at a certain point, it became all-consuming. It was time to press go. So in July 2017, Vent opened its first location in Toronto, and they quickly gained momentum and have welcomed thousands of clients from the GTA and visitors from around the world. Clients experience Vent's unique approach to affordable luxury and exceptional customer service. Dedicated to providing outstanding experiences, Natalie believes in challenging her team to do the best and be the best in Toronto, and she promotes a workplace culture that treats her team members like family. She believes that the best way to achieve an outstanding customer service experience is to treat her team member at Vent as the most important asset. Vent's mission is to fill the gap in the hair industry by providing an alternative to the full-service salon. It's a place where women can get a professional service in a unique atmosphere, complete with high-quality, beautiful finishes. A space designed to save busy women time, empower them, and build their confidence through a self-care experience unlike any other. And don't worry, we really dive in in this episode to what makes Vent different. Like, how are they creating an experience and not just another appointment on your schedule? Because we don't need any more of that, right? So I love this episode because Natalie's really pulling the curtain back to share how she made the leap from her full-time job in politics and not-for-profit all the way to full-time CEO. And she really encourages us that it's never too late to follow your heart. I cannot wait for you to hear this honest, real conversation, and I know personally I could listen to this episode 10 times through because it's just so valuable for anyone who's either still in that full-time job or maybe you're where Natalie was, feeling on edge of really wanting to start a business or in those early stages of construction and business planning, you are going to love this episode. So if you want to learn more about Natalie or about Vent Blow Dry Bar, you can find them on Instagram. So if you want to connect with Natalie personally, it's just I'm.NatalieJames or Vent Blow Dry Bar is just at Vent Blow Dry Bar. So go check them out. If you're in Toronto, book an appointment and let them know that the Visionary Life Podcast sent you and let's dive in. Okay, before we get to this episode with Natalie, I need to tell you about the best kept secret in Canada. There's a health food store, it's called Healthy Planet, and they are your one-stop shop for natural goodies, healthy alternatives to your favorite snacks, and organic beauty products. So we're talking to a beauty expert herself, Natalie James, and so I thought today it would be kind of cool just to share that Healthy Planet has all this amazing natural makeup and natural beauty that you can purchase. So if you've been thinking about maybe greening up your makeup bag, switching to some natural alternatives, I will tell you that 
I switched over the majority of my makeup bag about six months ago and I bought a lot of those products from Healthy Planet. So that included a new mascara, new nail polishes that were non-toxic. I bought a really nice powder foundation, a new eyeliner, a new blush, and Healthy Planet has all of these products in stock. So hot tip, if you're thinking about switching to more natural beauty, definitely check out Healthy Planet. And the best part is they have 28 stores, so if you have one near you, then go check them out in person, but you can actually purchase online. So by heading to healthyplanetcanada.com, you can actually do all your shopping and it will be dropped at your doorstep. There is nothing better, right? Um, and the another best part, you can use code VISIONARY10 at checkout of their online store and you'll actually save 10% on any order over $50. So again, that's healthyplanetcanada.com. Fill up your basket with natural green beauty alternatives and use code VISIONARY10 at checkout. Natalie, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here after reading your story and then diving into the blog archives, a few written uh, blogs that you had on the Vent website. Just so fascinated with the journey of how you got to where you are today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So we always start the show with some rapid fire questions. So just say whatever comes to mind. Okay. So what's one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable? my morning routine. Ooh, and expand on that. Tell us the specifics. Yes. So I realized after starting a business that um, the last thing to be taken care of was me. And I was burning out and I was just finding that something had to change. So I incorporated a morning routine that is just for me. Nobody can bother me. Nobody can text me. There's nobody. It's at 5 a.m. I start and I get up I do my morning gratitude, which I think is really important. It sets my intention for the day. I then do a 30 minute workout of some sort. I just move my body. I don't look at my phone. I don't touch it because as soon as I, I think, take in anything, it just sets my day sideways. So I really take that time before my kids are up to just spend time for me. Mm -hmm. And what time do you have to set your alarm clock in order to make that happen? This is the challenging part because I'm also a night hawk. Mm. Uh, I have a hard time turning things off. There's always lots to do, but I'm really working on it. I try to be asleep by 10 p.m. It doesn't always happen. I have three kids and they're often up beyond that point. So <laughs> it's a challenge, but my husband is very supportive. So it's it's working. <laughs> I love it. And I'm such a fan of the morning routine too. I find the days that I get up and have to rush immediately to my business, it just sets me off on a oh, totally different path. <laughs> 100%. Where did you grow up? I actually moved around a lot, but for the most part, Scarborough and North York. Okay, so yeah. you didn't stray too far Not from too home. far, no. What's your favorite way to wind down on a Friday night after you've had a really busy work week? Oh, you know what? I really just, on Friday nights, if possible, I, I try to gather my family together. It's hard. I have teenagers, so that can be difficult. But um, whoever is willing, we just we spend that time together. That's so nice. And what would you say right now is the best part about owning a business? Oh, gosh, I think it's just that the sky's the limit. Mm, yeah, it is pretty incredible that your potential is unlimited. Yes. 
So let's zoom the lens back just so that we can paint a picture for the listeners who want to know what you were up to in the years leading up to launching Vent Blow Dry Bar. So first of all, who is Natalie? I know you wear many hats, uh, so perhaps you can just sum up all of those for our listeners. Well, so I am the founder and CEO of Vent Blow Dry Bar, which we've discussed, um, but I'm also a mom to three amazing kids and my husband. Uh, we just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, prior to Vent, I spent 20 years in the not-for-profit and political space. Okay. Yes. And so I'm assuming that you were on a career path that seemed pretty consistent and predictable. And in that time, did you ever have any vision of eventually becoming an entrepreneur? Or were you content at kind of climbing that corporate ladder? Yeah, well, I would say that politics isn't... um, it's not boring, that's for sure. But I think I'd been doing it for long enough that I I kind of reached a point where I wasn't excited anymore. Um, I felt that there was there was more to what I wanted to do. And did I always want to be an entrepreneur? I think when I look back, there was definitely moments. My father was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He started and ran his own architecture and design firm. And when I was young, I would, you know, when most kids were playing with dolls, I would sit at a drafting board tracing over drawings that he had done. And I remember feeling so excited by what was beyond those. And as I was go to work with him, we would we would see these projects unfold and I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You're building somebody's dreams." Mm-hmm. And I think that I thought initially I wanted to be an architect and I wanted to help others do that. Mm -hmm. And then later on, as you know, um, life happens and things change, I realized that it was the vision of starting something yourself that really excited me. And I always loved hearing stories of people doing amazing Mm -hmm. things. And I think I'd always had that entrepreneurial bug, but you know what? three kids it becomes a little scary to to walk away from what you know and start something new Mm, absolutely and that is yeah the perfect example of being comfortable and good where you're at but then having that greater vision but almost not knowing how to get there and then the fear creeps in and um, it's easy to kind of push those visions and dreams away. I'm wondering, during this time that you were working um, in politics and not-for-profit, were you like getting different ideas of what you might have wanted to create? And if so, like, did you just kind of tuck those ideas somewhere in a journal or an online document? Or did you just kind of push them away and say, not right now, not right now? Um, This is, I have to go back a little bit here. Um, So, did I always know I wanted to open a blow dry bar? No, not per se. But there, there was something very personal to me about hair and makeup. So mm-hmm. I was born with a very rare deformity. And it is where one side of my body is larger than the other. And growing up as a kid like this, mm-hmm. there was nobody like me. It was very isolating. And I didn't really understand it myself. Um, So as kind of I went through this journey, I found through hair and makeup, I just, it made me feel good. Mm. I felt confident. I just felt like there was this expression through that that made me feel 
normal and I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> yeah, whatever normal yeah, is. Right? Yeah, right? But you know, and exactly whatever normal is. So there's a very deep personal connection with hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it as a career path for me. I love to experiment and I love the way it made me feel and all of those things. And it wasn't until much later in life when I'm in my career, I have kids, I'm traveling a lot and um, I just thought, I need a place like this. I need mm-hmm. a place where I can go and get my hair done and I feel great because it may, you know, I think everyone can agree when you look good, you feel good. Mm-hmm. And when you have your hair done, it just, it just does something. Mm-hmm. And I think as I went on and on and I began to kind of envision a place like this, I had gone to, to places um, when I traveled and I did enjoy the experience. But there was always, I would always kind of take that experience and say, well, what would I do? How would I make this different? Because Mm -hmm. I really like this and I really like that, but there was elements that I didn't really think were for me. So yes, long story short, um, it was always brewing. um, But like I said, I had a really successful career Mm -hmm. that I was good at. And I did very well at it. And I think there there was an inner dialogue that I had that said it would be irresponsible for me to leave that to start something mm-hmm. brand new that I really know nothing about. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, I read on your blog, you said at some point you came to this position where you felt like you were kind of suffocating in the predictability mm-hmm. and in living on autopilot. So can you kind of take us back to when you started to become more aware of those thoughts and the fact that maybe you didn't want to live this exact life forever and maybe mm-hmm. it was time to pivot? Like, what were you going through at this point? Well, I think it's definitely, it was a buildup. Um, my husband and I are always, you know, trying to develop a, you know, a five and 10 year plan. Mm-hmm. But then as we were doing this, I began to realize that I know exactly what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And that was shocking when you really think about it. When you can look at, you know, where you are in five years or where you are in 10 years, I thought, wow, this is, this is not where I want to be. And I really did feel like I was just on autopilot. Everything was the same every day. And there was, it was just lacking that excitement. And I think, mm-hmm. to be honest, approaching 40 had a lot to do with this. I don't know what you call it, a midlife crisis or something. But I think what it did is it really made me evaluate how fast the time had gone by and what had I done to kind of live my best life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I also talk about on my blogs that, you know, as a mom, you become mom and this identity in itself. And although I'd always been a working mom and that was important to me, my kids are getting older and um, they, beca- they begin to need you less and less. And that's a harsh reality for a lot of people. And I know it was for me as well. But I really had to think about, you know, when my kids are gone, where do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, all of these things and all these feelings and these emotions really made me dig deep and and make some hard decisions about where where I wanted to be in five years and did Mm -hmm. I want to be in the same place or did I want to move forward 
So when you're having that conversation, whether in your head of your five-year plan or when you were sitting down with your husband and you thought, okay, I don't want to be where I am today in five years. And then perhaps you imagine, well, I want to be an entrepreneur. Then what happens? Like, did you just start to deconstruct that five-year plan into small action items? Did you say, (laughs) I quit, like I'm sending in my resignation. And both of you were kind of like, go for it. Like, talked about that moment because obviously that's a huge decision to make when you realize okay where I want to be five years from now is not where I am now I need to make that change Mm -hmm. did it happen instantly walk us through that Uh, I I, you know what I don't think it happened instantly I am I think over time I started to realize that I needed to make a change. I knew I wanted to create something from nothing. It wasn't that I wanted to go buy a franchise somewhere. Yeah. I wasn't going to, you know, throw everything away to just kind of sign up for somebody else's vision. This was going to be something where I was really going to challenge myself and I was going to build a brand in my own vision. And so I I mean the the idea of a blow dry bar was always in the back of my mind because I I kind of was hoping it would happen in Toronto for me. I thought, okay, it's, it's you know, it's in the states, it's going to come here. And it, it in the way that I wanted to see it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. So as kind of I'm thinking these thoughts to myself and I'm thinking about that, um I I sat down with my husband and I said, I think I want to quit my job. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Well, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I think I want to open a blow dry bar. And he was just like, a what? <laughs> yeah, men. And <laughs> I mean, he was surprised, but also he knew how long it took me to get ready. And yeah. he knew how um, he had said to me once, he says, you know, when you get your nails done, I don't notice. But when you get your hair done, I notice not because of what you look like, because of how mm-hmm. you're carrying yourself. And, and it's true. And I really did love the way it felt. So long story short, I explained to him kind of what I was envisioning. And I said, I want to show you. So we went to New York City. We went to some different ones there. We traveled around. And um, I just wanted him to see what it was about. That it wasn't just about a service that I wanted to create an experience around this. Um, and he knew my personal connection, and so it did It did begin to make sense for him. Mm-hmm. So yes, I did quit my job. Um, I tried to research while working, and I found that it just consumed my thoughts mm-hmm. every day. I was so excited. I had such a fire mm-hmm. um, in me that I, was, I just couldn't focus on work anymore. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm really going to make an honest go with this, I need to do the work first. I need to really make sure is this a viable option before I quit my job mm-hmm. and you know, take on this huge financial risk. Mm-hmm. And so I did for a year. I, I researched and wrote a business plan, a very comprehensive business plan. And uh, yeah, and then I was so invested at that point that mm-hmm. this was going to happen. <laughs> I totally relate to you saying like the idea of this business all consumes you. I, in my last corporate job, I was starting to think about the online course that I was creating and I started to feel guilty because this workplace was paying me and I'm like, I don't want to do any of your work. I have my own dreams to build. Yes. And you know, I would show up, but I wasn't mentally there. Mm-hmm. I was physically in my desk, but that's when I knew, okay, I'm not meant to be here anymore. It's time to pull the trigger. 
So you said you wrote a comprehensive business plan. This intimidates so many people, mm -hmm. the idea of sitting down and writing a plan, or they think it sounds boring. It's like, do I really need a business plan or can I just go out and do it? So how did you learn how to write your business plan? Did you go to one of the workshops that the city puts on for free? Did you hire someone to help you? Did you kind of have the tools already in your toolbox to know what needed to be part of it? Um, I, I wrote it myself, actually with the help of my husband. I, I know there are so many tools out there and I wish I knew about them at the time, mm -hmm. but I was just so naive to a lot of things that I'm sure I made it a lot harder for myself than it needed to be. Um, but yeah, I just really, I researched what the components of a business plan needed to be. And then I really just broke it down into pieces because when you look at, and I think that's the daunting part for a lot of people is they look at, my gosh, these are all of the pieces I need to research. And like any big project, when you look at that in its you know entirety, it's in, it's just intimidating. And a lot of people just say, no, forget it, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I broke it down into little pieces. And as I got through each piece, it really naturally leads you into the next one. Because you start asking yourself a lot of these questions that... Um, you know, just guide you through it. And I think, yeah, there were some challenging parts, like, mm -hmm. you know, the numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, my husband was good at that part. But, um, and I think, too, when you're so excited, you can you can make numbers look however you want of them to. Of course you can. But you need to be very critical. And we were. We were very, very critical of our own business plan because ultimately, look, you're going to go into a bank and they're going to ask you the tough questions. So if you're not prepared with those, then you're not going to be successful. So you really have to dig deep. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I had a lot of people in my family that were in shock and questioned kind of, why, why would you do this? Mm -hmm. and, um, and you know what? I'm grateful for that actually now because they really made, made us dig deeper too. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and two, it's always nice to prove people wrong, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're right. Having that tough criticism is definitely beneficial. And it's usually the people closest to us who are giving us that mm -hmm. real reality check and yeah. saying, all right, well, I'm going to ask you this tough question where sometimes your peers or your friends, like they want to cheer you on. So I think it's really nice to have that balance when you're presenting your idea. Yeah. Looking back on that business plan, I'd love to know, is there a piece of it or a core part of it that you found to be the most beneficial? Um, the most beneficial. I mean, honestly, I go back to it all the time. Mm. Sometimes when, you know, you're in the thick and thin of things, you get excited about opportunities, but you really have to go back and, and stay true to kind of what the plan is mm -hmm. because you can go off on tangents sometimes. And not to say that, you know, you don't need to pivot from here. here. Like, you know, you just, you do. That's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Things change, things evolve. And I think that's part of why I wanted to be my own business because things are changing every day. And if you aren't willing to kind of make those changes then you're you're mm -hmm. kind of done um yeah so you know what that plan is is gold to me and it really kind of keeps me on track and i don't know which one was more challenging or more rewarding um mm -hmm. i think definitely 
I underestimated certain areas of it. You know, mm-hmm. you think, oh, I'm going to build it and people are going to come. And that's true to an extent, but that's not reality, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. So for the listener who's never been to Vent Blow Dry Bar before, do you want to give us a walkthrough of like what you guys do and then even the experience that someone could expect from the moment mm-hmm. they enter? Mm-hmm. So for me, I really wanted to create a space that wasn't just about the service obviously the service has to be top-notch you know if you're going to do one thing you better do it really well in my opinion so we're very focused on creating a amazing service but more than that it was important to me to create an experience i think women are busier than they've ever been and i really wanted a space where they could go and get some of that much needed time back to themselves. And uh, it's been really rewarding because, you know, I've met so many amazing women and just playing that role in in their day and their whatever it is that they're doing has been really exciting. Um, So we're actually a bar as well. So we have a liquor license and I didn't want it to feel like a full service salon because we're not meant to replace your hairstylist. We're, We're there to fill the gaps in between. So it's a convenience, um, you know, we, we do encourage appointments, but they're not always required. Mm-hmm. And it's really, this, the setup is different. We really put a lot of time and attention into creating a space that was unique. So you come in and you sit at the styling bar and you are served your drink at the bar. We have, you know, TVs with subtitles. Usually it's friends that's mm-hmm. playing. We have music in the background that's really uplifting. The mirrors are actually behind you because we wanted it to feel like you're not worried about what's going on. You're just, you're forced to relax in a way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can envision you're sitting there and you're getting your hair done and you're having a glass of wine and you're watching friends and you're chatting with the person beside you or with your stylist and it's not rushed. So Mm -hmm. one of the other things that I didn't want to do was just try and cram as many people through as possible because that isn't an experience that I enjoyed myself. Mm -hmm. I wanted to slow things down and really add that value to the whole experience. So one of our mottos is, you know, life's full of appointments come for the experience because Mm -hmm. the last thing I think we all need in our our daily calendar is another appointment. So I think if we kind of switch the narrative a little bit, people feel Mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah. I love that so much and I was kind of, after I read that phrase on your website, I was really dissecting into why I choose certain service providers Mm. or why I feel attached to certain brands and I realized it's because I've had an experience with them. It's not just because I stumbled upon it and like bought a product off the shelf, like maybe I encountered the a demo person and they gave me a sample or maybe I felt like I had a really good conversation while getting my hair done and it's memorable it's not just like a turnkey solution that anyone could create mm-hmm. and I think in a world where we have option right like there's no lack of options for any product or service that we could want it's the experienced providers that truly are going to be the ones that last because at the end of the day um, we're all craving that like we want to feel connected to something and put our money in places that make us feel wonderful so I just think that's so awesome and the way you put that that life is full of appointments come for an experience I think that's 
such an amazing differentiating factor that is very admirable. Thank you. When it comes to the design and the aesthetic and the branding, is that something that you had expertise in? Because building a physical space, that's a challenge, right? And bringing a vision to life for what you want it to look like and Mm -hmm. feel like. How did you decide, first of all, on the visuals and the aesthetic? And then how did you actually execute that into bringing it to life? Yes, well, I think this partially goes back to my days with my dad. And I always had, this passion for design as well and I can appreciate certain design features and the way things look and I know how important it is to an experience. Um, So I did have in my mind what I wanted it to look like and um, you know what I I did hire an architect because Mm -hmm. well partially because of the space I had and I it was a requirement to have engineers and all of that so It was very helpful, though, to work with him Mm -hmm. and really kind of dissect what I needed, what were some of the specific elements that I wanted to incorporate. And and then he actually, you know, was amazing in in making that all come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think it's probably good that you mentioned, like, you had to hire someone. It didn't just Uh, happen, you know, by dreaming it and trying to hammer and nail it yourself as sometimes it's Mm -hmm. good to put your money in the places where you're like I'm not sure that I can exactly do this myself well and there's so many other pieces that I had to do that I had to kind of bring in people to ensure you know it was a very expensive project and Mm -hmm. um you know we had to be careful that we weren't going to make mistakes although there were mistakes and things Mm -hmm. took longer than they were supposed to and it cost more than it was supposed to but that's Mm -hmm. all part of it so absolutely Were there any unexpected challenges that almost derailed this whole vision that almost took you down and didn't make it happen? (laughs) It's funny, you know, my husband and I say, you know, when we were in the thick and thin of it, we said, you know, one of these days we're going to write a book, you know, the blood, sweat, tears, and vomit, because literally (laughs) there were all of those things. And, you know, you, you do. And it's, I still have those days where you're just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, this is harder than I ever thought. Um, Yeah, there were definitely huge delays. We were supposed to open long before we did. Um, I mean, we might need another podcast for that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, there's definitely lots of things that kind of went sideways. And um, you think in the moment, that's it, we're done. We're done. Mm -hmm. But you just kind of have to like take a deep breath and get through it. Because you know what? There's going to be a lot lot more of those days ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And you have to really... figure out and navigate how you're going to get through them. Mm-hmm. I think if nothing else, deciding to be an entrepreneur really builds that resiliency muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it forces you to like get over the challenges quick mm-hmm. because they're going to keep coming and it's really all about your attitude it towards is. how you handle them. It is, yes. So take us through to day one of opening your doors. How were you feeling that day? Were you excited? Was there a lot of fear still kind of sitting with you? Um, that, you know what, I think there was definitely a lot of emotions, but we were still like up until the night before getting ready. I didn't have time to worry about opening day. I just had to show up and make it happen. And you know what? It was, it was great. It was a great day. Um, we did a discount and made, you know, just created some excitement around that. Mm -hmm. And it was really, um, a very surreal moment because you just you spend so much time planning and then when you're actually standing there in your space that you've just thought of and dreamt of and worked on for so long 
it was probably one of the most rewarding days mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. It's so, so exciting. Yeah. I'm sure you'll never, ever forget that day for as long as you live. Yeah. How did you get the word out there? I know marketing is a, a daunting task for many mm-hmm. people who are aspiring to open, especially a brick and mortar business. What were some of the key efforts that you did? I know you're located in a, a pretty high traffic area of Toronto in Liberty Village. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there was foot traffic, but yeah, what were you doing to spread the word about the opening? This was actually one of the hardest things, and it continues to be. Yeah. Um, so back from my political days, some of those, um, I guess, tactics or you know methods that we use just they're they're not working, and mm-hmm. I think it's increasingly more difficult for businesses now to get their their name out there because everything's online. And so we did spend a lot of time building our Instagram page and a mm-hmm. Facebook page and creating some momentum there and, um, you know, trying to get just signage and word out in the community. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's definitely still a challenge, though. You know, I think we had assumptions that, you know, we were high residential around us. We thought, okay, well, we're going to go into all of these buildings mm-hmm. and be able to market to all of these people. But then we found out nobody's letting us into the buildings. And I thought, well, I can do a a mailer. Well, no, nobody's going to read that. And it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's really challenging. Um, You know, I I hand wrote invitations to, you know, people that worked in the area. Like, Mm -hmm. I literally just phoned people and, you know... We had people out on the street handing things out. And and really, it was important to me to grow organically because that's Mm -hmm. where your long-term clients are going to come from. So, again, going back to the experience, it's like, you know what? Create a great experience. Word will travel. And and that has been a huge part of it for us. But there's still the challenge, you know? We're in the base of a condo. Mm -hmm. And there are still people that come in that didn't know we were there. It blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have clients from China and Dubai. Mm-hmm. And because they're used to this, there are blow-dry bars around the world that when they travel, they look for a blow-dry bar. So they mm-hmm. find us. And so it's interesting. But, you know, it's a challenge that we, we still have to always be working towards. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I used to work... Uh, teaching fitness classes at a studio right at King and Bathurst. Yes. And the owner once told me, I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate or not, but she said something like, it takes an average of three years for the people in the neighborhood before they finally come in to try a class. Like they may have walked by us, thought about it, thought about it, or just didn't see. And eventually, so it, yeah. it could take that long before people are like, hmm, that's a service I might need. Right, yes. <laughs> so I just thought that was really interesting that it's not always as easy as like pop up the sign and they will come. It's no. like there's got to be a lot of touch points because some people, they don't they don't walk around and observe. Or so. they're not paying attention. They're on their phones. Yeah, no, yeah. On their phones. yeah. so exactly. collaborations have been huge as well. You know, trying mm-hmm. to collaborate with other businesses with similar clientele, mm-hmm. um, you know, charitable stuff where, you know, yeah. yeah it costs us some money to do it, but you know, mm-hmm. at least you're supporting a good cause and you're getting your, your word out too. Absolutely. So all of those things and mm-hmm. kind of just being open to new ideas because it's a changing mm-hmm. kind of landscape right now. 
And how big of a role has social media played in your business? Like, do you find that it's worth the efforts to show up on Instagram and Facebook? Or do you get more referrals outside of social media marketing? I would say we get a lot through social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. As much as I, I I don't know how I feel about social media. It's like a love hate. I think I think everyone feels the same. Yeah. Um, But yes, we do get a lot of people through social media. Mm -hmm. People will find us from another country and they're visiting Toronto, and that's how they found us. Yeah. You know, there was a period of time where we had more out of out of city, out of country clients than we had from the neighborhood. Crazy. And I was like, what is going going on? on? Like I couldn't rationalize it in my mind. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was traveling in the States. I was going to Salt Lake City and I needed a photographer because I needed some new Mm -hmm. brand shots and I wanted to do them in the mountains there. Yeah. And I just looked up the hashtag Salt Lake City photographer. Exactly. And I chose someone who had great photos. So it's kind of like how we're finding new services. Of Um, course. It's the new Google, essentially. So Mm -hmm. as much as I think we can resent social for stealing our time and making us all feel a Mm -hmm. little bit you know, bad about ourselves. Um, there's such a, a strong purpose for it as well. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's a key pillar of a marketing strategy that we can't ignore. No, we so. can't. So how long has Vent been open for now? So we just celebrated our two-year anniversary in July. Congratulations. Thank you. So do you ever think ahead to like what's happening five years from now with the brand or are you just kind of focused on the day ahead? Mm-hmm. Um, I do because that's my personality. We do look forward. Uh, we definitely want to grow. Um, but we'll do that when the time is right and when we find the perfect space and um, just have really fine-tuned all of our mm-hmm. kind of processes that we're, you know, we want to really be mindful that we want to be the best. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, you have to really kind of move cautiously. Mm-hmm. And does your husband have a strong hand in the business right now or does he more lend the supportive well, he has a full-time job, so as much as it would be in a perfect world, we would work together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the reality, but you know what? He is very involved. Um, mm-hmm. To be completely honest, all of the things that people don't see is you know, the repairs and the things that have to happen, and it all happens after hours mm-hmm. with my husband and I. You yeah. know, So he's mm-hmm. very involved. He um, does a lot of things for me as well. He's very supportive, and also just... Um, you know, being such a great dad mm-hmm. because I couldn't do this without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved your, your blog post title that you left the nine to five for the 24 <laughs> seven. It's so true. I just had to laugh because I was like, it's so true. Yet yeah. we do it anyways. <laughs> yes, it's so true. Have you been able to find a balance? I'm sure like there are crazy days and there are not crazy days Mm -hmm. but yeah like has anything changed or do you still feel like you are going 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 all the time I'm definitely going all the time Uh, and I don't know that that will ever change even though you know I I set my intentions for the day and I have my list Um, sometimes if I achieve everything on my list by a certain time I think well I didn't have enough on my list I just need to add to my list on to the next (laughs) right so it's kind of counterintuitive but that being said balance is a funny word um, that would just, just, it would mean that, you know, there's perfect balance on both yeah. sides and there isn't. It's impossible. It's impossible. And uh, there's there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with this. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of things I miss. A lot of functions, a lot of kids' activities. Um, but I think I'm, 
I'm doing what I can every day and making good choices and being at the things I really need to be at. Mm -hmm. And thankfully now I have an amazing team that, you know, in the beginning I was, I was there from, you know, five in the morning till 11 at night. And that's just not maintainable. You just can't do that. Mm -hmm. But I have an amazing team now, which, um, allows me to you know work from home some days because I don't have an office at vent so what I was finding is and somebody said this to me and I can't remember who it was now but they said you know you have to be very careful that you don't spend all of your time working in the business because then you're not working on the the business business. and I just thought that's that's it that's what's wrong here yes and I was um, working on the things that you know, my team could be doing. Mm-hmm. And I needed to focus on some of the other things that were mm-hmm. going to help to grow the business. So that balance has happened. There's still, you know, there's days where I feel like, oh, I should be there. And then those days that I'm there, I'm like, oh, I should be at home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just a whole bunch of other issues going on there. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's just being a mom mm-hmm. and trying to be in too many places. But you know what? You do your best and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it, it's tough to trust in the people you've hired and, and lend that responsibility to them and say, all right, like you're going for it. I trust you. You know what? I don't, I don't worry about them because awesome. I honestly feel like everyone fe- needs to feel empowered in their job. And I have told them, I said, I trust your decisions. If you need to make one, mm-hmm. then just you make the best decision. And I think they're invested and they... They know what we're about. They know what our values are. And I just like, mm-hmm. I just say, you know, you make those decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. And if it's the wrong one, then we'll, we'll know not to do that again. But, you know, you have to empower people mm-hmm. to to do those things. So, Definitely. you know what? I, I don't worry at all mm-hmm. about my team. That's such a, a nice relief for you, I'm sure. It is. is awesome. Yeah. Um, now, I'd love to know, I know you're both working on the business and probably showing up at Vent, but what does a 24-hour period in your life look like at this point, whether it's work stuff, family stuff? Paint us a picture of, of a typical day. Well, it starts at 5 in the morning. I get up and I do my, you know, my morning routine that we talked about. Um, that's so important to me. I feel like if I can get up before my troops, like mm-hmm. it's just a different day so different and um and then you know my kids it's very important to me now to be home in the morning my husband leaves um early so i'm there with them and although my boys are 17 and 14 my daughter's 11 and i just think it's important to to kind of be there with them in the morning Mm -hmm. and get them off to school and then it depends on the day so i've really tried to start time blocking and and Mm. putting things where they need to be in my days um usually I will then come home and I just start working Mm -hmm. and I park myself somewhere and um, sometimes I need to leave home. I need a different environment and I just, I start working and um, that goes until my kids get home from school and then usually I'll Mm -hmm. I'll then continue to work into the evening. It's usually probably more than it should be, Um, but that's okay. That's the way it is. Uh, And then there's always the extracurricular stuff. My boys play hockey. Mm -hmm. One of them is a goalie. So he's usually on the ice every day, whether it's a game or practice. And my husband does do a lot of that. But when I'm home working from home, I try to go to all of those things because the days that I'm not home, I obviously can't. My daughter does CrossFit. So, you know, there's just, there's a lot going on and we're just trying to fit it all in. And we sometimes kind of pass as we're 
coming mm-hmm. in and coming and going. Um, and then, yeah, it's, um, and then the days that I'm downtown, I'm usually down for the whole day and I try to do things like this and then I'll head over to vent and I'll be there till we close or whatever variation that looks like. So mm-hmm. it's, it depends on the day. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for painting that picture. I think it's good to know kind of the behind the scenes of yeah. how this all works. Yeah. Um, is there a business tool or potentially a resource that you feel like really helps you in running this business? Um, well, I mean, obviously there's Instagram, I think it's so mm. valuable. Um, and then there's also my booking software that is boring, but it just makes Which it, one do you use? We use Booker. Mm. Um, and, uh, I don't know how I feel. It, it works, <laughs> but there's a lot of problems, but you know yeah. what? It is what it is. Um, yes, yeah, so we use that. And, um, and then honestly, not really a, um, to run the business, but I would just honestly say, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast, but podcasts have been such a valuable resource to me. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many amazing ones out there and just listening to the stories of others and tips and tricks that they used or just to validate some of your feelings and thoughts that you're kind of in at that moment or Mm -hmm. things that you can anticipate that are going to come I think um, have just been so valuable to me. Mm -hmm. I know I swear I've learned more from podcasts than I ever did in my university and college educations. (laughs) I know. More applicable things anyways. It's real and that's the thing that I appreciate so much is just Mm -hmm. people really sharing the ups and the downs because that's what it is. So as business owners, we're always learning and growing and, you know, we can never really stay stagnant Mm because there's always something to learn. I'm wondering, is there something that you are working on right now to improve a skill or something that you know is going to make you a better business owner that you don't have yet? Ooh, I mean, there's (laughs) lots. There's lots of things. Um, You know what? Um... I think I'm just trying to focus on what's coming next and being ready Mm. for it. I think just things are changing all the time and I just want to be prepared. I I don't want to react to things. I like to be proactive as much as possible. Um, One of the challenges I have obviously is that you know, as we kind of go through the ups and the downs of busy times and slower times, it's maintaining the staff and the team that you need. So it's, you know, kind of when we're slower, what am I going to do to kind of keep them engaged and interested and Mm -hmm. not leave? And um, one of the side kind of things that happened after I started Vent was we started a mobile arm to this. Cool. And I didn't anticipate that happening. But it kind of did. So we have met Vent Mobile Beauty as well. And that's been fun because it allows me to kind of get my team doing some of these fun events and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then, you know, as we're slower in the, you know, we're going to, in January, February, March, it slows yeah. right down. And I don't need the full staff. But, you know, everyone has to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. So if I can build up some of the mobile um, events and photo shoots and stuff like that, then that can keep them busy. So it's just anticipating those those things and as they come. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I imagine now that you're two years in, you've kind of seen the patterns in yeah. the business and, mm-hmm. and are starting to get a grip of, okay, I have an idea of what this month is going to look like. Yes. And just having that confidence of knowing what to expect. Absolutely. 
So I read as well something that you wrote. You said it was important that you created the life you craved. You wanted to set an example for your kids and show them that it's not ever too late to follow a dream or a passion. I know many of the listeners, they they have that feeling. They've reached out to me and I hear them speak and, and when we get into conversations that they do feel like, well, I'll probably just be stuck in this job forever. And you've kind of shown that that's not necessarily the case. So what advice would you offer to someone who does feel like it's too late and they want to make a change? You know what? I I felt this. I really did. There was lots of times where I was just, I was so close to making the the leap that, and I got cold feet because yeah, it's Mm. scary. It's Mm. scary, especially as you get a little older when, you know, there's a lot at risk. And I, I did have moments where I thought, this is so irresponsible of me to leave a career and you know this this life we've built Mm -hmm. and to walk away from that and risk it all Um, but you know what I I think as when it really came down to it I I thought regret was worse than failure Mm -hmm. and and I know that sounds maybe a little cliche but it's really true and I I think that you know you can't be reckless you have to really put in the work you have to really dig deep and decide do I have what it takes because it takes a lot of grit and determination and but it can be done it absolutely can be done and it doesn't matter how old you are you can you can do whatever you want you just have to be willing to make those sacrifices and yes it was so important to me to show my kids you know Mm -hmm. that you know I think it's it's hard and I think you know when we look at our parents our grandparents they got a job and they stayed in it forever Mm -hmm. whether they liked it or they didn't and I think you know we're seeing the generation after me Mm -hmm. are just so you know willing to make all these changes and navigate and pivot all over the place and I think it's so amazing I'm in the middle so I'm influenced by both and um, but you know what I I don't regret my career I mean, it was just the most amazing opportunity. But I got to a point where I wasn't growing anymore. I was kind of at the top where I could be, and I just mm-hmm. I lost that passion. And mm-hmm. that just was something I wasn't comfortable with being the rest of my life. So I, you know what? It's not too late, and you just have to mm-hmm. kind of really dig deep, figure it out what it is you want to do. And I always say mm-hmm. align, align it with... Um, a passion because mm-hmm. you have to love what you're doing mm-hmm. if you don't you're, you're not going to have what it takes to make it work mm-hmm. I love that and I love that through all of this you gave yourself permission to try and the permission that if it fails like I will be okay with this because yeah. I followed my heart and my passion so I think that's very beautiful so if somebody wants to learn more about vent or vent mobile they want to come visit you uh, where are the best places to find you so vent blow dry bar you can find us just by typing in that in Instagram or um, our website as well and um, for myself my Instagram is kind of where I'm at and that's I'm Natalie James Amazing. And I will link all of those in our show notes. So if anyone missed that, you can go click over in the link. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for sharing that story. And I just think you're such an inspiration. I, 
I think you should do more writing because as I read through some of your blog posts, I was like, wow, she has a way with her words. Um, and yeah, it was just great to read through some of your trajectory and thank journey. You. So That might be in the future. So. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on the show and I wish you all the best. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.